0: This is the 2.1 cast, visit the 2.1.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at the 2.1. Hello and welcome back to the 2.1 cast. I say welcome back because we've been away for a while we being you and I, James. Stefan's been doing all the hard work for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Going out and drinking pints, uh, so meeting it's people. It's it's difficult. It's difficult.
1: You should be away, but I've actually got more of a tan because I stayed in Glasgow. I know, I know,
0: I know. I'm, I'm not been away. yet, I mean, not. no, but you definitely still have more of a tan. Yeah, yeah you so, always be pasty though. I know, I know that. I, know. I used to tan when I was younger, but not anymore. So good times. Anyway, so you you spoke to uh, you spoke to Scott the from Kilmarnock uh, had a pint with him, or a coffee, should I say. And then you spoke to the guy behind uh, Love Story, 1978. Yeah, is that right? So did you have a good couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, I had a great time, actually. Although uh, when I was speaking to John, uh, who did the documentary, we were sitting outside the beer garden, and it was so warm that we're sitting with our phones recording, because we record through our phones with our mics plugged in, uh, the phones got so hot, they turned off.
0: Yeah, it was a true joy to edit. And we had to, yeah, we had to start
1: again. That's how bloody warm it's been I in know, Glasgow. It was
0: funny though, because he was just like, you could hear him just like before. I was like, yeah. like, it may be quite hot. And you're like, yeah, we're just going <laughs> to deal with this. And I was like... Nah. He was a professional. He's yeah. like, that's
1: definitely going over here.
0: At the same time though, I'd have been like, nah, I'd be fine. Like, and it was, but do, you know
1: what, do you know what's interesting? Um, as we, After we got started, I was like, this is way too warm. I'm I'm after like twenty minutes. I'm gonna be burnt. So I'm so glad as soon as we realise like
2: let's go
0: in the shade. I was like, thank God. <laughs> <It> so <sounds laughs> blessed in disguise then. How are you doing? You're fresh from uh, the Thistle game. Is this? Is yeah, yeah, it's been in Maryhill. Yeah, good um, times. Wonderful as always. I know. Good times. I mean, you're very much representing it as well. I totally forgot you came through the door like in full party Thistle regalia. So well, it's uh, an old <laughs> top as well. I know. What season's
2: up. I believe this is the year we won the old first division title. Reigning oh. champions of the First Division, by the way. No, it always yeah. <laughs> always yeah. on forever. I'm quite <laughs> upset you're not wearing like, the kind of pink and grey one. Like, or the camouflage, camouflage one. Oh, yeah. yeah, I gave that one a miss, sadly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Anyway, unfortunately for James, we're not talking about party Thistle tonight. We're going to talk about Rangers, uh, seeing as they have now completed their first European tie. They are through uh, to the next round. I saw an absolutely mental stat today. It's the first time they've won... Uh, a European game I thought you were going to give us a new coach out there No, no, no <laughs> uh, It's, it's, it's <laughs> the first time first, Only the second time they've ever played in Europe Yeah, so it's the first time Rangers have won a European tie since 2011 and that was in the Europa League and that was against Sporting Lisbon So uh, I know it's maybe not as impressive as uh, you maybe think when you consider they've maybe not really been in Europe since then but uh, it's been a hell of a long time coming that they've actually done something given the last year it was the early rounds as well that they they get knocked out. So no, I, th-
1: I think it's important to note that because, without obviously going getting, getting to cue a lot of Celtic fans explaining why, blah, 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 but I mean, there's no doubt that um, Scottish football's missed them in European football. And I don't mean to say, you know, Scottish football needs a strong Rangers, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying that, unfortunately, in their in their stead, no one's really stepped up to the plate in European football. Um, and yes, I'm looking at you Aberdeen right now. Um and so we we saw that and I was actually really excited last week. Uh, I live quite close to Ibrox. I was quite excited to have in European Games back there again just as a Scottish football fan to have and I think you could tell at Ibrox as well that fans have looked I know sure it's not the most glamorous tie, but I think fan it was a sellout game. Yeah, you know?
0: exactly. I mean it it's doesn't like, matter. Even even Burry you you'll laugh at this the fact that I'm gonna say they've had three games but uh there was over 40,000 people there on a Friday night when the World Cup was on. So, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, fair enough. There's been two games then in charge. We're not going to count Burry because I can tell by your face you're not having it. So Burry. 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 Be- Burry. call them Berry. I don't know why I'm calling Are,
1: they, are they a French town or <laughs> something? FC, FC
0: Berry. Um, so, Burry, uh, we're not counting that then. We'll count, we'll count the two scoopy games. And no well, su- if
1: you watch the Bury game, so you got me seeing it now, um, <laughs> you can tell I only, I stuck, I I only stuff
0: watched on. the Burry game because, well, bits and bobs of it because I was just really interested to see if they lined up the same as they would mm-hmm. in the European tie, and they mostly did. Okay. Um that was only reason, not because it we're gonna take anything from the performance or anything like that. Uh but yeah, what what do we make of Gerard's Gerard Rangers in these first couple of outings?
1: Uh, I mean I think obviously it's just it's only two competitive games, so there's only so much we can take from it. And I think um most of the key talking points uh kind of revolve around ideas that Gerard has. Uh, that won't really be fully fleshed out until the season gets going. Um, over the two European games, I think we've seen there's maybe like two or three talking points I think are quite interesting. I think the first one is Flanagan at left back, um, which I think's divided fans. Um, you know, I, I I said I wasn't convinced by it, and then I got kind of debating it with some. Rangers fans on Twitter and they said, Look, if, if he turns into like a no nonsense kind of sassy papach figure, fine. And I was like, you know what, that's 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 a fair point because if if there's anything Rangers needed last season, it was a no nonsense fullback who actually stuck in and just stood alongside the centre backs when Tabernier went roaming. So I'm willing to give I'm wanna give Flanagan the benefit out there and maybe he might slot in. I didn't think tonight, as in the second leg, he'd look that much better, but that's something that might get better as the season goes on, you'll get more comfortable there. Morelos similarly um he still looks quite unfit not unfit but like does he lack match sharpness in my opinion he he was running around a lot over the last two games and um <laughs> i don't think his passing was great his link up play wasn't great um the system that Gerard plays has changed slightly um and we've and you know this is this is kind of going into my third point where in the first leg we had Candace and Windas on the right wing alongside Tavenier. Um And I think that just confused the whole team, if I'm honest with you. And then I think we saw Windas move to the left tonight. So it looked a bit more balanced. Even though, even, well, actually, even that, you think it was maybe playing in the middle and then Murphy out left. Him yeah. and Murphy
2: were sort of swapping around quite a lot, I thought.
0: Well, we, well, we tackle that point first then, in terms of the Candace role is the one that's kind of interesting me. Not interesting, interesting, maybe the wrong word, but it's the one that stands out. You're, you're talking about. He was deemed the assist king last season. He finished top of the rankings for that particular metric and stat. Um, was hugely effective for Rangers, arguably their best player apart from Tavernier, maybe. Um, and now he's playing this kind of role. I mean, in centre midfield next to Arfield, mm. it looks like, and he, they did that um, against Bury as well as uh, in the European ties. So, you wonder if it's just he's trying it out to see if it works. Uh, I just think it, it's a bit bizarre because. Rangers are not short a centre midfielder, so it's not, why would they make your best winger into a centre midfielder? Um, I think, sorry, Lee, speaking of a minute, James, I, I think the one, f- redeeming, not redeeming quality, but the the one skill that maybe Handeas has that you know, you know he's going to put in a really good shift, so he's got the legs to play in the middle, that is one thing, but then you are losing him out wide, and I don't, actually don't think Windass is effective on the wing. Like, I mean, I, I remember I did a piece last season on Windass when he was bang in the middle of that hot streak, and... I looked through when where he was scoring most of his goals from or creating his assists, and the vast majority were when he was playing through the middle mm-hmm. in a really advanced role just behind the striker. So I don't know. I just I feel like um, I still don't know if Windas will be there by the end of the summer, in all honesty. But if he is, I just don't think the, the right positions for, uh, for him is on either either flank, quite, quite honestly.
2: Um, well, I, mean, I think that in the away game to Scoopy
0: Scoopy?
2: yeah. Um, let's say scuba, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that so the way I saw, saw this team was I saw it as a four two three one formation, um, with Candela sort of on the right, and then generally Murphy in the middle and Windows on the left. But sometimes those two swap positions. Uh, but I think the interesting thing for me was when Rangers were breaking particularly down the left, Candela would all, would often be coming right in field, hmm. which. It uh, creates space for, on the right wing for Tavernier to do it when they overlap. But it seems interesting to me just because I think that Kandias is probably better out wide. It seems, it seems odd to have him in the middle where you're not quite, quite getting the most out of his obvious talents. Uh, I I thought, again, Tavernier was Rangers' most creative player. Um, he looked like a real threat from the right, again, just whipping in balls, dangerous balls all, all night. Um, whereas Candace was sort of tasked with more sort of running down the line waiting for Tavares to get come up behind him then playing it back and crossing it in so it seems to be a difference in approach which I mean we are only two games in but it just seems really bizarre to me because not much of it Rangers team did work last season mm-hmm. but the right side of the pitch undoubtedly did Yeah, and it just seems to me like if it if ain't broke don't fix it mm-hmm. and you know that that's a dynamic that really works well and I just think that Gerard should maybe be trying to get Candace to do more of the sort of traditional winger stuff mm-hmm. rather than asking him to drift in field because I don't I just don't think that's where you get the most out of him I think what he's trying to do is just a theory
1: that I think what Candace is really good at is actually breaking he's actually really good at linking between defense and midfield he's, he can he's good at dri- he is good at dribbling but I think he's actually better at through balls and playing off one twos with well other people as well which is what he does so well with Tavernier. Yeah. and I think maybe what Gerard's trying to do and, as a and playing him in center mid is that he can be the guy who transitions from defence to to the attack very well. And maybe he figures, if you pull Candace and more, that means he gives even more space for Tavernier to run down the right wing. Which I guess works in practice. And I think you're right, in the second leg here, we've seen Tavernier. You're right, he was probably... I didn't think much actually worked for Rangers that well, actually, in this game, I thought. Um, If it wasn't for actually a couple of good saves from McGregor, it could be a really tight match, actually. And Again... It was Tavernier running run down the wing, putting in crosses and stuff. He put a cross in. In fact, was it him? I think. Put, maybe it was He Put a cross in for Murphy. But you're right. It does seem to be that um, things haven't really clicked yet. And again, that's fine. But yeah. it does. It does. And I think I think Gerard actually has changed things. He to, to give him credit. He tried the whole Candice Windass, Tavernier trifect on the right. And then tonight we've seen him change that a bit. We've seen Windass in the middle, Murphy left, or blah blah us vice versa. And then Candace seemed to be playing a more traditional winger role, because because Arfield was out injured, it meant Jack came in, and he was in alongside McCrory. And I actually thought in the first leg Rangers looked more settled once Jack moved into midfield alongside Arfield uh, instead of Arfield, because they had two more traditional centre midfielders in the park, and it just looked more balanced, you know. Um, and I think it's quite interesting as well. The kind of minor points, kind of move away from slightly just to... Um, Gerard was actually very vocal about the fact that the, his predecessor actually in regards to McCrory and he says, you know, it actually hampered his development by anyone who thought he was a centre-back.
0: it's scathing, isn't it? Because like, everyone was led to believe that was his first position as a centre-back, but...
1: I could have swore one of us wrote an article saying he was better as a sense. No, we did, thing. but that, the thing we? is,
0: like, I think it was when he was brought in, yeah. we, we wouldn't have been the wiser when he was. No, of And was it wasn't even like, am I right? say he was thrown in at like a, old firm, an old firm game as well. Old so, firm, yeah. Um, so we, we would have never known until like he played that. It was an Aberdeen game. At ibrox. I ibrox and mean, It was the whole McInnes saga was going on, and mm. he was a revelation. Um, and then since then he's looked, he's looked brilliant. But um, I guess the other one we need to focus on is uh, Morelos. Mm. Um. We'll maybe get it later. Let's we'll talk about it later. Sorry, when we focus more on recruitment, but I think you're right. I mean, sharpness to an extent. I think the disappointing thing maybe for Morales in these two games has been when he's not scoring, he's always contributing, and he's always got many strings to his bow. Whether that's uh, link-up play, whether that's holding the ball up, um, he's strong. He's always a pest, but he's not even really been doing much of that. Um, and it's it's only really shown up. And Gerard was pretty vocal. We were watching the interview, uh, post-match interview before he came, Stefan. Gerrard's pretty pretty vocal about the lack of quality in the final third, and he's quite concerned about it. And mm. they've signed Omar Sadiq, yeah, but again, he's pretty unproven. We don't know, we don't really know much about him apart from he had a decent loan spell on loan from Roma and Breda last season in Holland. So they, they need they need another striker bottom line at least one, um, and that's one thing they've looked pretty like bereft of ideas uh, both legs up there what
1: I'm interested with Morelos is that um, he actually joined Rangers last season after immediately playing a full season because he's playing in the Scandinavian leagues and this is his first break in what 18 months now I think and I wonder if you know we always say players look better after they've had a break but I wonder if because he's been playing for so long and he's now had a break if everything's just kind of caught up with him mm. um, but then even as I'm sitting here kind of scathing him I do kind of feel like giving the benefit of the doubt because there's no doubt tonight uh, in that game, that 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 whole attacking line just wasn't working at all. Yeah, you know, no, it was so isolated. There. It's yeah, it's not as if he was getting ball after ball after ball, mm-hmm. and he was missing chances. Um, but again, at the end of the day, he has to be able to link up with these players. He has to offer something. And I'm all I'll, I tend to be a bit of an apologist more else, especially last season. Um, but again, I, I, it it doesn't seem as though the guys were all on the same page to be honest with you. I would
0: say another minor point as well, and yes, Sadiq's here, but I think Morelos, there's still not that much competition for his place. So I think he knows 90% of the time he's going to be starting. And uh, Before Emer <laughs> Sadiq came here, that was 100% of the time. So you don't know whether if, with that with new signing, it might make a difference. It might, as you say, it might just be that kind of thing where things need to gel. He's not, he's not had amazing service. It's not like, as you say, he's been on the, they end of lots of things and missed them. He's he's had a tough couple of the, t- um, tough couple of games. Oh my god! Why can't I speak? Um, I think it is an issue of gelling. It, it is so early, uh, and in seasons gone by. Uh, last season, for example, this is, the Rangers would have lost that tie. Um, I, I reckon in terms of they would have struggled and they wouldn't have gelled and they maybe would have went out. But they still they, they look fitter. I would say. Um, and I think the pressing game, we had uh, Blair Newman do an article for us talking about the pressing game and you can see there's definitely a clear identity of how Gerard wants his teams to play and yeah. that's like a high line in defence and the midfield going really high when the opposition defence the ball as well. So. Um, I guess for Rangers fans that's pretty good to see that there's a clear kind of ethos and the way, a way he wants them to play already and whether it's completely working, that's another matter, it's only two games in, but it's probably promising that there's a clear style and identity to how Jared wants his team.
2: Just to, just to go back to Morelos, mm-hmm. just think uh, something I've sort of been thinking about over the last few days is I'm not really sure how well he's suited to playing as a lone striker. Uh, I, I'm sort of thinking now that he's maybe not got quite that sort of sharpness and consistency in front of goal that... You need from someone if they're going to be the focal point of your attack, but he does put in the hard yards and he's an absolute menace to play against for defence, so it might be the case where he might actually be better off as, as part of a front two, hmm. but then obviously that, you know, puts it back to score one in that yeah, <laughs> Rangers only have two strikers so. he,
0: he's like a Miller we need, they, they need a boy
2: to
0: uh, <laughs> the th- the th- well that's a good point but
1: it's, it's also worth noting that he actually went through a dry spell last season and it was largely covered up by the fact that Rangers had attack midfielders who could mm-hmm. score I mean we can't forget the Rangers were the top goal scorers in the league last season yeah, so yeah. There's no, there's technically shouldn't be any problems with this team scoring goals and even if Morelos isn't, is misfiring, Morelos, Windas, Murphy, uh, I actually thought Murphy's probably looked the better of the front three, if you want to call them that, between Candace and Windas so far. Um, These guys have to, these guys did step up last season and they need to make sure they do that this season as well because what we see as Morelos is a young striker, he's undoubtedly got a hot head on him, even he needs to, get, he got, I think he got booked in the first leg, could easily got booked in this one as well actually, um, did a really rash tackle in the halfway line, so he's still a kid who's learning his game, and whether he's willing to admit it or not, he's, he has relied on cover from these from the attacking midfielders, and um, if Gerrard is shuffling around that pack and trying new things, and he's disrupting things, i.e. like Candias moving him inside and things, that might affect Rangers' form, because all of a sudden, the goal scorers that the the uh, the team rely on when system is firing are suddenly all over the place and they're not playing their usual game. Mm,
0: I would say as well, like it, you're right. There, there was people that stepped up last season. You put Tavernier in as well and uh, that kind of bracket, but that's the problem. Rangers shouldn't, or any team really shouldn't be relying on a right back to score close to double figures of goals to cover a striker's weaknesses in front of goal. And again, I'll at the point I'll be I'll be more surprised if Windass is. At Ibrox, but end of the transfer window. To be honest, I think I think he'll be gone. Windows. I, I think he'll be gone. Uh, who knows? Morelos might be gone as well. And this this is the problem. Take Morelos out of it for a second in terms of his bad form. He might not even be there and wear Rangers then in terms mm-hmm. of attackers. They, they really do have issues up there in terms of not even gelling with what they've got. But if Morelos was to get injured, I mean they've got Sadiq and we don't know what he's like at this mm-hmm. level um, or what he's like in terms of this setup. So I don't know. I just feel like. Um, it, yeah they're the top goal scorers but it could easily be the right back doesn't score nine goals or eight goals this season Windas isn't there or Windas goes back to his inconsistent self I do think Murphy will be I think he'll score a good few goals for Rangers oh, I yeah. think Murphy might become probably their
1: most important attacking uh, player this yeah, season
0: yeah he, he looks really up for it And um, we,
1: we did an article this week actually Look, it was last week I think looking at um, just looking at dribblers in the league and basically looking at um, who dribbles, as in who takes on the defender mo- the most per game, and who's the best at getting past him. And Murphy was second only to James Forrest last season in terms of actually beating his man, mm-hmm. which was surprising because he's not a very fast guy. Uh, people wouldn't consider him like a kind of drizzling or you know a dribbler through the park, but um, he's very good at beating his first man mm-hmm. and, and, and getting onto the ball.
0: I mean, maybe, stay, maybe staying on wingers then. Oh yeah, I, I, was, I was
1: actually going to move on to Mac- McGregor actually. All right, well yeah, battering. I, I think he actually had a really good game tonight. Um and I thought he done quite well in the first leg. Um he made really good saves tonight, but he also at one point he he, he did a whole sweeper keeper thing that would have made Manuel Neuer proud. He was really impressive and you can already tell he's screaming at folk, he's shouting at guys. Uh and we've got two centre backs who've just joined the club and both of them look really solid I think. I mean they played limited opposition, so I'll, I'll hold my breath there. But they both look—they already look both look very settled, and that kind of back three of the two centre backs, and the goalkeeper it looks as though Gerard's already sat, settled that quite well. I know the club are still looking at signing a centre back, apparently. and Maybe that's just for cover, which is fine. But um, the three of them look really solid, which could make all the difference for injured season because that's exactly where there was so much
0: trouble last season. Yeah, I mean, I would—I'd be the first person to say, and I've said it on this podcast—I was a bit like, "Why are they signing McGregor? Mm. Uh, if a good enough keeper." Um, he's going to be in, he probably, I mean, let's be honest, he will be in good wages. But yeah, it's hard to argue when you see him playing like he has in those two legs. He's been very, very good. And I think it is on top of that, um, what he brings in terms of influence in the dressing room. He's been there at the club. He knows what's expected. I know it's such a kind of yip da thing to say, but he knows. He does know. Um, and he's experienced. And yeah. him, him barking, that's probably what, uh, barking at players, not barking like a dog, that's probably what Gerard and the fans want and like to see and I think protect them when the defenders are new like you say.
1: It's interesting you say that, that um I was also in a similar boat as in they don't really need to upgrade their goalkeeper. So then I asked James, can you look into this and tell me is does it actually make that much of a difference and do you want to tell us basically their articles?
0: It's a really good article actually.
2: Generally in terms of how actually they performed they've performed at generally a similar at a similar level over the last season for their respective clubs. But the main difference was in big games where Fotheringham's stats generally went off a cliff, uh, whereas McGregor was actually just about, like he actually maintained that level of performance over that time. Uh, so I think that uh, this is a perfect example of that. It's a big game, you know, it's, it's the sort of game where, you know, Rangers could easily be giving away soft goals. I mean, obviously that's exactly what happened this game, this time last mm-hmm. season. And, you know, I, I was, again, I was one of the first people to say, why on earth they signed McGregor, what a waste of money. And... It's for games like that when you can see actually yeah. his, his leadership as you say is different on the pitch and then also just those extra little moments of quality like uh, there's that chance with maybe five minutes to go at the end hmm. uh, you know the, the great save, yeah. one-on-one McGuire comes off his line like it looked for all the world like it was going to be a goal hmm. and if that goes in all of a sudden one goal, and then yeah. anything can happen. Squeaky bum time. Yeah. So no, I, I think
1: so, he's so, been very good. So basically, um, fathering and <clears throat> him play to a similar level, but McGregor outperforms in the big games.
0: Yeah, yeah. The clutch those clutch moments. I suppose you could say. But that's it. I mean, I was gonna when we're talking about wingers. The only thing I was gonna say was the other bright spark for Rangers um, so far is Glenn Middleton. Hmm. Um, now I know we talked about we we discussed young players that might break through and. I think we'll all be honest, at no point did Glenn Middleton even cross our minds or, or was on the radar at all because he's not done anything for the Rangers first team before Jarr came in and um, he's looked excellent. I mean, in that first leg, uh, he made such a difference when he came on. He's only 18, but he's already physically built for this level and to play in a kind of physical team. So I think I think he'll be an important player for Rangers this season as well, particularly if they don't reinforcements and attack in third by the end of the transfer window I think he'll have a big part to play um, and he, yeah he's looked really really good so far I've been quite impressed
2: I like the look of Ejaria uh, as mm. well when he came yeah. off the bench tonight mm. um, you know, obviously he came on and then within about 10 seconds to, I already had a short assist which was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> um, but just generally I thought he looked really lively He keep past uh, I keep past <laughs> <that>. <laughs> um, so I thought he looked really lively um, looked like quite a uh, interested in a sort of number 10 sort of role, which are yeah. like drifting around um, Look really promising like, mm-hmm. I think he can. he's another one for watching yeah it's
1: kind of interesting thing you've kind of got so, so we just kind of talked about all the kind of forward players who would play in a kind of free behind the striker but Gerrard's also been mixing things up with his centre back or the centre mid so he's I think he's decided McCrory's is his number six basically or he's like his defence midfielder mm-hmm. um, and and he, gave, and he started Warfield last week but he brought Ryan Jack in which is a good sign cause I think Jack's a good player and then you're right, Adjaria's been coming on. but He's more of an attacking player, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting, because we've kind of talked about this before. Rangers have a bazillion centre mids. They've got Greg Doherty in the bench, who doesn't seem to be going to sniff in either of these games. Uh, and they've also got Graeme Dorn still to come back. And I've had some Rangers fans say to me, oh, I think he'll, I think he'll be back. I'm like,
0: w- where is he going to play in this team? Also, what merit? Because I think he was pretty dreadful. I mean, we he had that injury, but... And he's, he's, he's got decent stats, but then there were from quite a few penalties from the mm-hmm. first bit before he got injured. And then we've said in this podcast again, you, we, we could say as many times as we want, Rangers shouldn't define themselves by Celtic at this point in time. But unfortunately, if you don't perform in Celtic as a Rangers player and vice versa, that's a, your character or you as a player. It's going to... I don't know, to find you to a certain extent in the fans' eyes, and just ask Andy Halliday. Well, that's it, exactly. Yeah, he actually came on tonight. He Hardy, yeah, he did, wasn't he? Not, did not see that coming. <laughs> um, but th- I think what's quite interesting as well. I, I wrote something on his area when, when he joined, and I was just, I was so. It was before Holt and some other players left. But I was a bit confused. I was like, I was just like, is that a kind of damning and diamond of the mm. midfielders that Rangers already have? And I think for like the likes of Dorans and, and Holt at the time, it, it is. But I still think Docherty's got a role to play. I think what's quite interesting is we're describing, describing them all there. I think they're all different So in, in terms of you look at Jack, Azaria, Arfield, Dorans, McCrory. Maybe McCrory and Jack have got some similarities, but is definitely different than any of them. He's more of a kind of luxury player who um, is maybe a bit more technically gifted. He wins it, maybe a bit of charge, actually. Yeah, yeah that's it. I mean, he is a totally luxury player. Whether that translates and whether it can be anyone anyway, near effective for Rogic, mm. for Rangers, is uh, another Four matter. For Rogic. Yeah, for Rogic, for Rangers. <laughs> as Rogic, for Rangers, is uh, another matter entirely. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I was actually pleasantly surprised how he's been so far. But I guess then, what, what to talk about final, well, say final, we i have a bit more time. But in terms of recruitment, it looks like he's done quite a good job then. Um, Yeah,
1: I'd say, I'd say, I'd say from what we've seen so far, they signed two pretty competent centre-backs. Now, we haven't seen them play in Premiership yet. I haven't seen them play against Aberdeen, Hibs, Rangers, eh, sorry, Celtic. Um but I think the kind of main takeaway from the summer is that um yeah, they've they've, they've signed in more centre midfielders which as we've just said kind of makes you scratch your head, but importantly they've they've got a better goalkeeper and I think and they've got two backs who make a huge difference which mm-hmm. Was just the bane of Rangers' season last season, and I'm really intrigued to see how that helps them—not just week to week in the seasons, but also how it helps them in the bigger games as well. Um, because,
2: well, you know, I'll I'll make a point at you guys. I'll let you guys jump yeah. in and see what you guys think. I was think. just going to say, just uh, um, about Goldson. I just thought he looks really good from what I've seen. Yeah. Actually, um, really comfortable on the ball, calm, and he's got an eye for a pass as well. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've got a defender that can, yeah, play a bit of football and start moves from the back. It's just like such a huge help. I think the team like it really is like a bonus. Um, yeah, they definitely didn't have that last season. Oh, absolutely not. No. So uh, no, yeah, I think that, that he looks like really promising. Quite quite excited mm-hmm. about him. And um, just one other thing as well, I, I was looking at when after Rangers had made the first two subs so for the last twenty minutes or so, I sort of had to look at what the average age of our squad was. So, oh, altogether, it was 24.3 years old. Oh, wow. Uh, for some context, Motherwell last year had the youngest squad in the Premiership, and they were that was 25 years old. I right, heard. okay. So, th- this is a young Rangers team. But yeah, it's got some old players in it, particularly Alan McGregor, at 36, dragging that average up. So, we'd be 16 in other words. So, this Rangers team so. could be the youngest team averaged in the Premiership next season. Um, well. <laughs> oh, do you Mar- mean Mar- once, once, once the subs came once on? Once the subs came on, right, so like Marcy. Got you, know, I, oh, yeah. okay. So, like, yeah, they, they brought on. Ejaria and uh, Glenn Middleton, Middleton. yeah. Yeah, So they're both very young guys, but I mean, you know, for the last twenty minutes of European tie, Mm. the game was not settled, and they had a very young team on the pitch. And I think that's something that we need to bear in mind that Mm. these players, they are young, they're they're going to make mistakes, Mm -hmm. but hopefully they can develop together. And who knows what can happen?
0: I I mean, I completely agree with that. I think the other thing as well, I think there's definitely a particular type of player Gerard's been going for, and it's definitely ebbing towards younger and definitely physical or like physically built. Um, this is definitely a more physically imposing squad than last season and that was where they were found wanting a lot of the time, particularly against Celtic. Celtic, they're technically great and uh, very impressive as a unit but they're actually very physical as well. If you look at Brown and Cham, players like that, and um, even like Dembele and Edouard, these are guys who um, you, you know you're you're up for a battle and you need to be at the top of your game and absolutely up for it if you're going to get a sniff because they are physically imposing so I think that, that, that's definitely been the kind of sign of the players Gerard signed um, I'd agree with you Goldson. I think he looks again it's very early but I think he looks like the kind of player Rangers just didn't have if they want to play it from the back in any way shape or form they didn't have Alves unless yeah. Alves was going to get down in all fours and head it that's <laughs> the only way he can do it um, Russell Martin isn't that kind of player Bates for all the kind of strengths he had yeah. um, he was more an old school defender um, and then we won't talk about Cardozo yeah, it's
1: interesting you mentioned the, the stronger thing, because one of the main things Gerard wanted to emphasize was that the team weren't anywhere near fit enough when he arrived. Um, and they do look a lot fitter because they're closing down has been outstanding actually in these two games. Again, it's a limited level, but it's still fine. Um, the only thing I wanted to add, which we can, I, I will, I'll just mention, we won't get into it because we might dive into it more when we do a preview to the league. but, um, what Rangers fans might also want to know is that the teams around in the league haven't really had as good a season or summer, I'd say. Um, Hibs have made some good signs, bringing in and Malin, obviously, but they've lost McGeek they're probably going to lose McGinn. Um, Aberdeen, I mean, I wrote a piece this week on Aberdeen's, I'm not entirely sure what their transfer uh, thing has been this season. It's been limited, to say the best, that, that I'm, I'm actually a wee bit quite fearful of the Aberdeen squad this season in terms of their ability to score goals at all. So... Not only do I think Rangers have had a decent summer, um, they look decent these two games, but I'd say their two competitors for second place are probably looking a little more limited than they were last season as well.
0: I think Hibbs, like you wrote something, how it seemed like such an obvious thing how good a signing Canberra was, but if there was any doubts, and again, yeah, it was Runovic from the Faroe Islands, but he, he just mm. looks like he's going to be huge for them and there's going to be clubs sniffing about in January for him if he keeps playing like that, un- undoubtedly. Um, but yeah, I think the other player play we're not really mentioning is Katic as well. Um, I think he could complement Goldson pretty well in terms of he's young, he's very raw, but um, he maybe will take that Bruno Alves. I can head everything kind of role, yeah, but he's yeah, but he looks really um, like uh, threatening at set pieces as well. And I think I think that's what the re- you kind of need to an extent as well. You need somebody who can kind of do the dirty work as well as the passing it from the back or being comfortable with the ball at your feet. So I think all in all, uh, it's pretty positive in terms of recruitment. Uh, Still, work to do,
1: but positive.
0: Yeah, would you say the main area would probably be the final third in terms of strengthening?
2: I'm just a striker mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in particular, but you know, Gerard. Like, not only has he got like yeah a fairly large squad, but he's also got different kinds of players for the same role. Like, you look at someone like Declan John and John Flanagan, who mm-hmm. look like they're going to be a yep. battle out for left back. Two totally different like interpretations of the role. Mm-hmm. You know, again, central midfield. Yeah, we just said there's lots of players. No two of them are really the same. No. So he's got lots and lots of options, which only really be a good thing it's just a case of just making it gel now if I would maybe sum up these two games I'd say
1: he's taken a team that could score a lot of goals and couldn't defend and turned them into a team that can defend and look a bit troubled going forward yeah. so but that's how that's how good that's actually good coaches build good teams yeah. they start at the back and move forward so
0: pretty sure did the same thing when he came in Mark Smith in as well yeah. yeah I mean it's something that's not the most interesting to play but uh, interesting to watch sorry but if they do get more players in and it does jail, I think they will. They've got the, players, the same players that were threatening last season so it's hard to see them not being a threat going forward still. Yeah, it needs to click, but I'd be surprised if Candace, for example, didn't go back out in the wing and um, they didn't get another striker in and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, just quickly, what we usually do, we'll give you a shout out about what's going to be in the site this week or what's already in the site. So uh, Blair Newman, he did an analysis on the first leg of this European tie. Uh, he's also done one on the second leg of the Rangers European tie, the be tie. And... Um, also, on the website, we've got the cult of Chris Doolin, which uh, I'm guessing was a complete pleasure to write. Is that right?
2: Um, oh, yeah, it's just horrible. Hated it writing it, absolutely hated it writing it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, dripping in sarcasm. You wear the red and
2: yellow stripes up, yeah. But you should check that out, even if uh, you
0: don't want to read about Chris Doolin, which you obviously do because he's a cult hero. I think that was James sniffing for a free season ticket. But the the. Uh, illustration is really really cool itself. So that's definitely worth checking Maybe out. Phone background. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got the cult of Chris Dillon, which, which is the latest um, on the website. Also, if you ever to head over to Twitter, uh, we've actually got Twitter moments of all of our uh, cult obs. So there's uh, Stuart Cosgrove did one on Stephen McLean at St Johnston. We've got Arthur Borich. We've got. Uh, Marvin Andrews, we've got David Fernandez. The list goes on. Uh, we've also got a new rejigged power rankings uh, ahead of next season. So that started this week. We did a bit of an explainer. Is that right, James? I'm going to go back to you since you are the man with the numbers. Yeah, I've been
2: fiddling about with some spreadsheets, and I think I think we've got it sussed.
0: There we go. Exactly. <laughs> nice and succinct. Can't really <laughs> argue with that. Uh, we also had something from you today, Stefan, as well, uh, about Scottish clubs and their kind of newfound confidence to hold out for better transfer fees rather than uh, you know just selling them for a penny and then. A few years later, they're worth millions. I think that was based off the back of Scott McKenna and uh, how Scottish football have grown a backbone. A so it's £10 million centre-back. Can't wait. The Tory Andrew flow of center back. <laughs> uh, and then, usually... Uh, so you've you just kind of reminded me there, Stefan, that and this was by total accident when I was putting the, uh, the podcast up last week, and we are now Spotify because mm. we are... Uh, we're doing with the kids, and <laughs> we are... Dem I mean, the millennials. Actually, are we technically millennials? I think they, we are. are. we? I don't feel like a millennial. though I'm pretty old, so millennials are getting older. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I still don't feel like a millennial. Though. I think like millennials. Millennial. It, it, the cutoff
2: point like mid eighties or something like that. All ah, right, it's the name. I'm it's fun. the name of our generation. It keeps. It, it moves but, with us. I don't. know it just
0: doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel. It doesn't sit well with me. Anyway, so we're on Spotify as well as uh, Audio Boom if you're an Android user and iTunes. So. If it's easier for you to listen that way, uh, check out. I think it's. Uh, I, I actually listen to quite a lot of my podcasts now on Spotify, so uh, definitely check out over there. I, just on that note, please leave reviews and ratings. Uh, it really helps us if people are wanting to check out a new Scottish football podcast. Uh, any ratings and reviews really help us out. Uh, if you've get, yeah, yeah, I was going to say
1: actually, even if you don't use Spotify for your podcast, if you just go along, and give it a follow, that helps us move up the rankings. Hundred percent.
0: That'd be great, Uh, that'd be much appreciated. Uh, This is the usual, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at the 2.1. And you can head over to the 2.1.com for all the updated uh, subscription plans. Uh, If you wanna kinda get involved, there's a free trial there if you wanna get a taster of uh, what we're all about and how the site works. Uh, You can also sign up to our daily newsletter, uh, which comes out around four, half four every day. It's just all the updated Scottish football headline, headline sorry just as you're heading out of work it was absolutely nothing uh, and it means that uh, once you finish work you're completely up to date but unless you guys have anything else to add I think that's us for this week brilliant so thank you for listening and we'll be back next week with another episode of the 2.1 cast